and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Sajin Photography Podcast. My name is Jason Teal, and today we are going to talk about film photography in Korea. And actually, for the whole month, we're going to kind of center on this topic. So I am going to go over where to buy cameras, where to buy film, how to get it developed, and the whole kit and caboodle. But today's topic is going to be centered more around why this topic, why film photography, why Korea, and why it's so interesting to so many photographers who come here. So for some of you that are wondering, why am I choosing this particular topic? It has a lot to do with what I talked about at the beginning of the season, and that is finding my father's old Pentax Spotmatic F. This camera has a lot of meaning to me because it was the first camera that I actually learned to take proper pictures on, but it also was the family camera for many years. My father first purchased it, I believe in Germany, when he was stationed there with the Canadian Forces, and it was always a part of our experiences, whether it be vacations or hunting or you name it. And I particularly remember having that camera with us when we would go up to northern Manitoba for these fishing trips and, you know, this backcountry experience that while most of my friends actually went to Disneyland or something, we were, you know, up in the woods learning how to survive. And this camera was there. And I remember being fascinated by it, the sound of the shutter, you know, pretending to focus with it and stuff like that. So it was always a part of our life for many, many years. And then when I got into university, I needed a fully manual camera. And by that time, people were moving on to sort of different kinds of photography. And I don't think my dad really used it that much. So he gave it to me and I used it for many years. And then film advance lever got jammed up and I could never really get it replaced or fixed because at that time people just didn't really care about those kinds of cameras. The film photography was pretty much being pushed out in lieu of the digital era. And so when I came to Korea, I managed to pick up a new shiny 300D Canon, you know, the digital SLR revolution had begun by then. So I really never kind of looked back on film photography in any sort of light until sort of recently when I started picking up the idea of getting back to the basics with photography and relying less on the camera and more on my skill as a photographer. And I think that's sort of what I want to touch on today because I think for a lot of photographers, it's not so much the look or the trend, but we'll get into well that in a bit because I do believe that as a negative, there is sort of a different side to the popularity. And I think it goes along with people using the analog cameras or the film cameras as a fashion item, but we won't talk about that just yet. For me, it's always been about learning the basics of photography once again, because as I said, I needed the camera when I took a class in university because I was being trained in the darkroom with a fully manual camera and learning all the basic techniques. So I did that with this Spotmatic F and I'm very happy that I found it again and it's back in my life. However, recently my journey into film photography actually goes in a really weird direction and it all links back to probably the worst camera that I have ever used and unfortunately purchased with my own money. And that was the Yashica digital camera that came out on Kickstarter a number of years ago. 
And if you ever remember, I'll link the article in the show notes below. But basically, uh, Yashica was bought by, I think, a Chinese company. And they put out a Kickstarter to make a camera that had sort of digital film. And I know that sounds funny, but trust me on this one. It kind of got me interested because I liked the idea that you could put in a specific cartridge that programmed the camera to shoot a particular way. And I think that had they done it a little bit better, they would have been onto something. However, what was sent to me uh, at the end of that particular Kickstarter campaign was the shittiest camera ever. It was like a toy camera lens. It was plasticky. It was just garbage. And so I looked at it and I said, well, why don't I just spend like 50 bucks and buy the actual Yashica Electro, which this piece of garbage was modeled after? So I did that. I went on eBay, found a decent uh, camera, and it was sent to me. And I, I really liked it. But, you know, there was a little bit, you know, here and there, not that great. Because, again, like I think it was yeah around 50 bucks or something so you know the the battery wasn't that great and it was missing the back plate or something i remember i really it it intrigued me so a little bit later on uh we traveled back to canada and my neighbor mr burton gave me his roloflex sl35 camera and it is a beautiful slr it had uh three different lenses and just this amazing case that goes with it. And I think he bought that uh, somewhere in the mid-70s. Now, this was absolutely amazing. And it got me thinking, like, where was my, you know, good old Spotmatic F? And I just couldn't find it. However, I had this camera. And I started getting more and more into trying to figure out how to take better photos. So I ran a few uh, rolls of film through the Roloflex, and it was terrible. I was forgetting to use the light meter and all of this. And it was just an amazing learning experience. I got this idea that I wanted to sort of collect different cameras because I thought, well, they'll be cheap to find. And I've seen, you know, episodes of Japan Camera Hunter on YouTube where they find these amazing cameras for, you know, fairly cheap. So we went up to Seoul one time and I picked up a couple cameras and I think they were about between 80 and 100,000 won. Uh, I think I got two of them for a little bit of a deal, but this is where I bring the negative into it. A lot of the younger kids now are getting into film photography for the fashion aspect of it. So a lot of the places like Dongmyo Market and stuff like that, they know about this stuff. So the prices went from next to nothing to sky high because now it's a trend and you're really going to struggle if you're looking to find, quote, a cheap camera, unquote. But if you look around, I think some of the uh, secondhand markets on Facebook, you can find some. I did pick up a couple of great cameras and it started this love affair again with film. Now, this resurgence with film photography isn't all that bad because I will say that places like Filmlog and other Korean stores that are producing film and developing film now are getting more and more common. And I'm going to talk about Filmlog, which is my favorite place to get my film developed uh, in a later episode. But 
they are expanding across the country with their amazing little uh, vending machines for film and point and shoot cameras. But the thing is, is that now there is a thirst for these older cameras. So I guess it's benefiting the old guys that have been sitting on these old cameras for many years. But again, the prices are now skyrocketing. So uh, finding a cheap camera that works is a little bit harder to find. But again, in a future episode, we are going to talk about film camera shopping in Korea. So keep that in mind. But wrapping things up, I do want to sort of recap a little bit and say that how the film photography resurgence is what I'm going to probably call this repeatedly at nauseum. Whatever you may call it, uh, this resurgence is bringing a lot more people into what I think is the purest form of photography. So with manual cameras and older range finders that all across Korea and Japan and other places are still in pretty good condition. Now the prices due to the high demand are climbing, but there's still a lot more people who are getting into the photography side. So as the prices climb, more and more stores are actually opening up that will develop film, and it's actually helping people who are still able to develop film, like some places in Busan, like Topic Camera, things like that, who probably have the same machines they've had for the last 30 years. The downside of this is that there is a fairly high price to pay to get your films developed, and I think that's sort of what puts me off from actually diving headlong into film photography because it costs like $10 a roll for film and then you have to take it to get developed and it's around $10 a roll to develop. So again, you're looking at $20 for maybe about, you know, five good shots because I typically am still learning the craft and that's a high price to pay. And as I've said before, when I came back from Canada after my dad's funeral and spending all that money, I basically came back to no job or a job that I was only working three classes a week freelance. So things have been tight. And if you've noticed, I've been talking about the buy me a coffee thing. And that's sort of to offset the costs of running this podcast and getting into sort of film photography, but it's also a little bit to survive. So that's the main thing that sort of puts me off from really going headlong into this is that I have to pay an exorbitant amount of money just to see my photos. Whereas digital, I can snap away and I'm not actually spending any money. So do keep that in mind. If throughout this whole month when I'm talking about film photography and these amazing mechanical cameras and analog this and digital that, that keep in mind that there is a cost to actually getting the photos back to you and it adds up. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you for making it this far and listening to this podcast. We are going to have a great month of film photography where I'm going to share some of my secret places to you. And hopefully I'm going to in interview one of the country's top film photographers, or at least I think so. So thank you very much. Take care and see you next week.